Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off in the Old Testament since it is Wednesday. Um, with the, I'm sorry, it's Monday with the book of Leviticus. That's the third book in the Old Testament in the entire Bible. And we're up to chapter 10 and we're going to begin right here with verse 1. So just before we do, at the end of chapter 9, we saw them um, the ceremony that the people and the religious organization, I'll just call it, did to invoke the Spirit of God. If you're a Wicca person, you could imagine that being um, casting a spell to get a spirit to appear to you. And at the end of the chapter, after all the animal sacrifices and blood ceremonies, we saw what's described as the glory of the Lord showing up to all of the people and fire shooting out from the presence of where the Lord uh, is and burning up the burnt offering. So let's begin now at chapter 10, verse 1. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So uh, forgive me on the pronunciation of any of these names, as always. Um, And notice what it says happens here. Two people, Nadab and Abihu, those are two of the priests because they're Aaron's sons. They're identified as Aaron, and that's the same Aaron, who's Moses' brother. So just in case you don't know, Moses is the same Moses from the Ten Commandments. Um, And Aaron is his brother, and his brother Aaron and Aaron's sons um, are what make up the priesthood as far as the religion goes at this point in this branch of that religion. Um, so that's who the people are. And so what they're doing is some of his sons, and when it says sons, I imagine it could be sons, grandsons, any male in his um, lineage. That's who's doing the offering. It says, so they're trying to do something, it sounds um, reverent by making an offering. But let's see what happens in verse 2. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So that tells us a couple of things to me it to me it says when the lord if you're going to say this is the lord almighty the same unchanging yesterday today and forever lord god almighty if you're going to really believe that that's who it is then like i said before you have a couple of contradictions you have to work through because the new testament which brings on the red letters of what jesus has to say Uh, Remember, that's reserved for the New Testament. It doesn't appear in the Old Testament. Uh, You don't get to those if you're a Christian until you get to the New Testament, though he may reflect on parts of the Old Testament. Um, But all that being said, the um, you you. What was I going to (laughs) say? You get back to this verse. So. um, okay, so. If you're going to believe the whole Bible, that's what I'm going to say. Then how do you explain that here it's saying they are getting an appearance from the Lord and the Lord is lashing out when the New Testament says no one's seen God at any time. Um, Even though that's not Jesus saying, Jesus does tell them they've not heard his voice or seen his form. Um, He being God Almighty. Um, So how is it that the people are experiencing this? But not only that, you see how when the Lord wants to, if you're going to believe this is God Almighty, when the Lord wants to, he can easily just strike out and zap people and blow people away 
for something doing something offensive like something is offensive is trying to make an offering to show reverence because it sounds like that would be the only reason they would do it why else would they do it if they are priests and they believe that god has shown up to them but it says the offense was that they're doing it without being commanded to do it that was offensive enough for the Lord to lash out and zap them, but all the other atrocities from slavery to the Holocaust weren't enough to make the Lord reach out and zap people and blow them away. If you really believe this is the same Lord, I don't believe that that could possibly be the case. Why in the Lord would that? Why in the world would that be so upsetting to the Lord? And just one last thing before we move on, I'm using the BlueLetterBible.org website to read this to you. If in case you don't have a hard copy in front of you of the Bible but you can see using their website by clicking on the uh, chapter and the, the book name chapter and verse uh, the translation of where what these words in English were in their original language where they were recorded and you'll see where it says the word Lord you may or may not be surprised but that translates to Jehovah I hope and like I said with pronunciation forgive me it looks like in English Y E H O V A H or but in it's pronounced Jehovah as you see it in like Jehovah's Witness for instance. But um so how can all of that possibly all be the same God? It seems unlikely that it's all God Almighty. Even if this did happen or with these with uh the events that they're uh relaying to us, it can't possibly be the same Lord Almighty that Jesus is talking about or the way it appeared the way it appears is something that's not fully explained because and that's possible because someone can appear to you without being in front of you they can do it all the time on your device on your TV so it's entirely possible that that's how it's happening and so they haven't actually seen it and it is God interacting with them and it's just not being um uh, fully described that in a way that would make sense but um like i say it's something you have to reconcile if you're gonna say you are trying to live by the entire whole, whole bible and obey everything in it um verse um three so just so we're clear they try to make an offering and it cost them their lives just like that verse three and moses said aaron this is what the lord spoke saying so now his brother is comforting him with the message of reminding him what the lord told him by those who come near me i must be regarded as holy and before all the people i must be glorified so aaron held his peace so i don't remember where we read that but it's entirely possible um that we did read that part um and i mean it does sound familiar and it makes sense why wouldn't you consider um why wouldn't you uh consider god holy uh, but it seems it's and it's it's um this that passage that that verse that i guess passage that quote that he's giving is inset and where we're reading it so it's almost like he's reflect uh um reciting it or recalling it from somewhere else in the scriptures but there's no um footnote pointing us to it so uh whatever the case may be moses is trying to tell him be cool man uh it's that's how god is you have to be considered you have to behave holy and reverently when approaching the lord and if you don't it might cost you your life and so that was enough to make aaron 
calm down, even though two of his sons just died. Verse 4, then were killed. Then Moses called Mishael and Elizaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So he's called some of his other relatives um, because it says the uncle of Aaron. So if it's the uncle of Aaron, unless they had different daddies, it would have to also be Moses' uncle also, which I don't remember them mentioning Moses' uncle before um, since he was given up for adoption, according to the narrative, and then reunited with the people. But um, whatever the case may be, that's what they're doing. They're telling the other family members to the next to kin to go gather their peoples. Verse 5, so they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. So the tunic is basically like, uh, uh, the way I picture it is like a t-shirt, but oversized that goes, instead of stopping around your midsection, goes all the way down to the ground. Something like that, that your head just goes through and your arms go through the sides, um, but longer in one piece. Um, so they've taken them by their clothes and carried them away the dead bodies the carcasses just like the burnt sacrifices verse 6 and moses said to aaron and to eleazar and ithamar his sons do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes lest you die and wrath upon all the people but let your brethren and the whole house of israel bewail the burning which the lord has kindled so he's telling them to keep a stiff upper lip and suck it up by the cup. Don't let the Lord see you uh, uh, mourning too harshly. You might get killed too. <laughs> that seems really, really harsh to let them know that they have to withhold their mourning and their grief because they have to maintain their uh, order. And that is as the priests of their religion. And um, so Moses let them know, don't step out of line, keep it together. Verse 7, you shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle meeting lest you die. For the anointing, of the, the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. I guess they did. If they saw two of their brethren just got zapped for doing the wrong thing when they thought they were trying to do something righteous, then imagine how they must be trembling to think that, oh, if they tear their clothes, because that's the way people would show their um, broken up and um, in anguish, they'd rent or tear their clothes, like ripping your shirt open like you're a wrestler or something. Um, that's the way people would do it. Um, he's letting them know, don't do any of that. Save all those antics, as my ex used to call them, for um, somewhere else. Let the people do the mourning and the bewailing and the crying and shouting he said but y'all keep it together and stay where you're at unless you want to die and so that's what the priests were commanded to do and verse 9 do not drink wine or intoxicating drink did i skip one uh verse 8 then the lord spoke to aaron saying so now aaron is getting a message from the lord after he just killed two of his sons it, let's see if it'll be something like i'm i didn't want it to have to come to that or anything like that i don't think so Verse 9, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. So it's not clear how the Lord is speaking to them. It, since 
It says the glory of the Lord appeared, but that could be a light in the clouds. It could be a pillar in the sky and a voice from up there. It doesn't mean they're interacting directly face to face, as it said uh, specifically in previous uh, chapters that we read, in a previous chapter that we read. But here they're still getting the message, it says, from the Lord. So I don't know if this is like an intercom system or a voice from the clouds or what it's not really describing how they're getting these voices and these messages but in this case it's to Aaron and he's being told not to booze it up don't drink and don't show up at, don't show up to church drunk in modern terms he's letting him know um, if you show up to the tabernacle of meetings that's the equivalent of the church back then the synagogue the temple before them was the tabernacle meeting. It was the tent set up for Moses as the high, high priest. Aaron is the high priest, but Moses is the one who has the connection to the Lord, as it says. But now even Aaron is getting messages, it says, from the Lord, telling him not to drink. And it seems really kind of cold if he just killed his sons and doesn't even give him any comforting words about having to zap his sons for trying to do something righteous. Seems pretty cold-blooded, but if you want to believe that's the same Lord that Jesus says that they haven't heard the voice of or seen the form of, again, maybe it's an intercom from the clouds, which, again, is entirely possible. Maybe they're seeing it on a device that's not being explained any more than we would explain seeing something on a device now when we write about the events of what are going on we don't say necessarily that i saw it on the phone that i had in my hand in the year in the make of the model and where you got the phone from and all of that stuff you just mention it and keep moving if you mention it at all um so anyway verse 10 that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean um so he's letting them know don't show up to the worship drunk and it's for your own good so that you'll know what is considered truly righteous and what's not, what's holy and what's not holy. Verse 11, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. So he's saying, so be sober when you show up to, uh, to worship so that you could teach the people right and wrong. And um, it says here, all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Um, the only ones that I don't know we went over all that when we went through the Ten Commandments reading about how it says Moses went up the mountain with two tablets of stone uh, presumably to write the, the 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 Ten Commandments on and it says the Lord wrote them on there yet after the Ten Commandments there's a laundry list of ordinances and statutes that seem to have gotten attached to those Ten Commandments, and you read about them in the chapters between the coming down from the mountain and breaking them and having to make them again till now. You read about all sorts of other different ordinances for this, that, and the other that um, doesn't seem likely they could have fit on stones to, um, to, uh, to be shared with the people, but it, I guess it's an article of faith like so much of religion is. So anyway, it's saying it's a statute forever also, meaning if he's telling them to do it back then, that means people should be, if you're going to be saying you're following the whole Bible, doing this now. Um, let's see. Um, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes. So we read that. Verse 12. And Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons who were left, 
Mm. Take the grain offering that remains of the offerings made by fire to the Lord and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. So among with all their grieving going on of having the bereavement of the family members, their brothers and and Mo and Moses' own brother's son, his nephew, nephews, all in that moment while trying to be pious, end up costing them their lives in their minds probably being martyred although in their according to the religion they were being blasphemous that's why they were killed uh they're having to deal with all that and on top of all that they're still getting commandments from the lord telling them don't get drunk and show up to work and now from moses telling them what they need to eat and where they need to eat it you could imagine how the people would be feeling at this point the his own sons the priests Verse 13, you shall eat it in a holy place because it is your due and your son's due. Um, the sacrifice is made by fire to the Lord. For so I've been commanded. So Moses is again with the messages that he's been commanded to do that seem, I don't know, sometimes they seem really, really petty about making sure you have tassels on your clothes and what color the clothes are and all sorts of other little details that it seems like a, a universal God that's taking it all in and seeing what's going on would be occupied with more but you see that's what it says and that's what they're doing and he's letting them know that that's something else they need to watch out for when they what they need to eat and that that what they're eating is their reward for their duty as if that's where their mind is while they're grieving verse 14 and it's his family too verse 14 the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering you shall eat it in this clean place you your sons and your daughters with you for they are your due and your sons due which are given from the sacrifices of peace offerings of the children of israel so he's saying the barbecue that from the from the roasting of the meat that we did um but also because remember they also get the other livestock that weren't sacrificed He's like, make sure you go ahead and enjoy that meat and um, you and your family and, you know, eat up and move on. It sounds like what he's basically telling them to do to comfort themselves, go eat and let it go. And he seems to be letting them know that they're getting the choices cut of the meat. That thigh seems to be really in the breast, really seems to be really, really held in high esteem as the choice cuts of meat. So he's letting them know, comfort yourself. The high, the thigh of the verse fifteen, the thigh of the heave offering, and the breast of the wave offering, they shall bring with the offerings of fat made by fire to offer as a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be yours and your sons with you by statute forever, as the Lord has commanded. So he's letting them know, hey, you're getting these choice cuts of meat for your service as priests in this religion, that just cost two of your sons their lives. Verse 16, then Moses made careful inquiry about the goat of the sin offering, and there it was, burned up. <laughs> he was angry with Eliezer, Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, who were left, say. <laughs> so Moses is really, really focused on his role in the religion. <laughs> and he's noticed that the goat that they offered for a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice is completely burnt up. That lets us know these aren't just burning the animals so God can enjoy them. They're barbecuing. They really are roasting up these different animals to eat and enjoy and to share and, and to have. 
and to fatten themselves because otherwise why would he be upset that one is burned up if that was supposed to be the point of making it a burnt offering so burnt doesn't mean burnt up to ashes it means roasted and cooked over fire barbecued it seems clear that that's what it means and now um he's not well at the fact that they were supposed to be watching the meat that was getting roasted and they let it burn so um aaron's about to go off let's see what he says verse 17 why have you not eaten the sin offering in a holy place since it is most holy and god has given it to you to bear the guilt of the congregation to make atonement for them before the lord so he's like look y'all it's your duty as priests to eat that meat and that it's part of the whole sacrifice sacrificial ritual I guess that makes sense because the sins of the people were put onto the animals in some cases of offerings and then the animals were slaughtered and killed so the sin is murdered and killed and their blood is done this that and the other with and the animal is roasted so that the priest the holiness can then take what was left of that sin consume it and then complete it seems the whole ritual so Aaron's not pleased with them not putting a period at the end of the sentence when it comes to the offering verse 18 see its blood was not brought inside the holy place indeed you should have eaten it in the holy place as i commanded so he's really it seems like nitpicking and being really particular about the sacrifice and the blood and how the ritual is supposed to go and i could imagine he would be especially if he feels like if he does it wrong he might get zapped and shot down which is another that was what i was going to mention if the lord if this is the lord almighty that we're talking about going through these motions with the people and reacting so violently at someone trying to offer a sacrifice at the wrong time without being commanded to then why do we have something like the death penalty if god is that furious about what happened why wouldn't the lord just reach out just like that and zap people and burn them up and take them away right then and send them straight to hell just like that and since the lord does not do that then why is it what makes people think it's for us to carry out the death penalty on people when we all do wrong we all sin according to whatever religion you abide by we all sin and offend in it one way or another or have at one way or another at one time or another so then wouldn't it be up to the lord uh, clearly the lord here the one we're reading about has power to react when he wants to so why would it be up to us to look around at what somebody else is doing and if it's sin or not and then pass around pass out judgment like a death penalty something so final when um one you get it wrong it's many many innocent people um are accused and convicted and uh have been lost their lives to the death penalty history dna uh evidence have proved has proven that again and again and again so if that wasn't reason, reason enough to stop doing it then if you're a thumper, a Bible thumper, then why isn't this reason enough? If God's able to react just like that, why would he need you to pull the plug or flip the switch or inject somebody with something that's going to kill them? Somebody, when you say you value life and the life of the unborn and all that, uh, but you're okay with the death penalty, taking a life that's here, in, but being upset about a life that's not, that doesn't make any sense at all. <clears throat> but that's how religion works, especially in America. The right wing is completely hypocritical and nutty. Um, but you see, here, Moses is kind of fanatical about 
what's going on with the offering and the blood of it and what's happening and why aren't they on top of their duties verse 19 and Aaron said to Moses look this day they've offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord and such things have befallen him if I had eaten the sin offering today would it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord so he's like, look, we did your rituals of offering this and offering that. And even in all that offering, he still gets bereaved of two sons who call themselves just trying to make an offering too. He's like, so would it made a would it have really made that big a difference? Would they would his two sons be alive if he would have went on and ate the sin offering in the holy place as as uh, Moses is so upset about? Aaron is like, can you get off my back? It would have really have saved my son's lives if I would have ate it where I was supposed to eat it since uh, the son's offering something they weren't supposed to offer cost them their lives. Verse 20. So when Moses heard that, he was content. So Moses was like, all right, all right, all right. I'll leave it alone. Uh, and he had to lose it with Moses to let him know. Uh, I've got feelings too. Uh, he just lost two sons over trying to follow this religion. Uh what more does he need to really do? What does the Lord really want from him? As DMX is a, what you really want from him? Oh, he said something else. So anyway, that ends this reading. I hope um, it's been a blessing for you as always and appreciate you joining me. We have these Old Testament readings here on The Naked Truth on Mondays and Wednesdays. And on our Saturdays, that's where we focus on the red letters of the Bible, the things Jesus had to say. Um, there are only a tenth of the Bible, a tithe of the Bible, of the 60 plus books of the Bible, only 10%. A tithe, a tenth of them have those red letters in them at all. And those red letters are the quotes of what Jesus had to say, according to the witnesses at the time. So as Christians, why wouldn't we focus on that? Um, since that's our directions, that's where our compass, our roadmap is, our GPS is in those red letters. Uh, so that's what we focus on on Saturdays. And we use Mondays and Wednesdays to see why we should focus on that. Because Jesus, here, today's reading, last few chapters are an excellent, excellent example of why Christians should focus on those red letters. Because it'd be impossible to be doing all this and still be trying to do all this in modern times and yet it says it's perpetual and from generation to generation and a statute forever so if you're living by the whole bible if you're dealing with a thumper ask that thumper why are they doing these things they're supposed to be doing them forever um so anyway um you can read those past here those past messages here on anchor and spotify um or if you're an adult you can go to my website hungtgirl.com and click on the links and pictures there are videos and audio files there and you can even read along with me with the readings we have of the naked truth on the spirit and soul pages of the site i appreciate it thanks for checking me out and joining me now stay safe and god bless you peace be with you see you next time